Mother's Day. And today we celebrate mothers, and to have a godly mother is a great gift from God. To honor our mothers and fathers, it's a command from the Lord with a promise. And he promises us a long life if we will just honor our father and mother. And to all mothers and fathers, we have an awesome responsibility before God to raise our children in a right standing in the knowledge of God. That's an awesome responsibility. In my own life, my mother demonstrated love to us kids. My mom, she was a hard woman until you were in need or you were hurting. And then she flipped. She would be a, a woman full of compassion. My mom, she was a woman of prayer and she prayed loudly and she would cry out to God for us children and did I mention she would pray loudly? Yes, she would pray loudly. But mom was faithful to pray for me. And she would pray things like, Lord, if he sinned, have his sins find him out. And my sins did. <laughs> but God was faithful. And he was faithful to hear my mom and her prayers for her children. So from the bottom of my heart, I thank God for a godly mother. Amen. That's your Mother's Day message. Sorry. Now we're going to get into John. <laughs> John 35. Um, well, the entire chapter of John 9 is devoted to a man that was born blind and the way Jesus found him and healed him. Jesus, he's just passed through the the midst of a violent crowd, in some way, somehow, he became unrecognizable and he just walked through them out of their midst. He went from being the center of attention and he just leaves this chaotic scene where the Jewish rulers and leaders have took up stones to kill him and he just passes through their midst. And Jesus leaves this unruly mob And he sees this blind man, and this man is blind from birth. And the disciples, they have a question. Who sinned, this man or his parents? And the parents of this man, the disciple, and many Jews had this thought process. Sin has got to be either in the, this man's life or in his parents' life because it has brought on his blindness. But Jesus answers their questions, the disciples' questions, and he says, neither, no one sinned here, but this blindness is to reveal the works of God. This man has suffered blindness for a heavenly reason. And he's been forced to become a beggar, He's been an outcast because of his blindness. And his parents, they are not wealthy. Therefore, the blind man has only had one option to survive. He became a beggar. 
And this blind man is recognized as a beggar. Many are questioning when he comes back from the pool having washed. And they say, is this the blind man at Satin Bag or is this somebody else? And he said, hey, it's me. I was the beggar. Now, he's been healed. Jesus has given him his sight. But this man has no skills. He has no trade. In the Jewish uh, families, a father would teach his son a trade. This man has been blind. He has been taught no trade. And we're not told anything about his future. In severe third world nations, very poor nations, begging is the only means of support for those that are very poor. And the more handicapped you are as a beggar, the more you can appeal to the sympathy of people making your begging more profitable. And some children are intentionally maimed by their parents so they can beg more efficiently. That sounds so cruel. And this man is born blind. He's been schooled by the hard, cold facts of life as a beggar. Can you imagine what he went through as a beggar? And he is asked several times by the Jewish rulers and leaders, who and how were you healed? His parents are even called to answer for their son. Is this your son, born blind? <clears throat> and how does he now see? The parents only know that this is their son, and yes, he was born blind. And then they defer the question over to the son. He is of age. Ask him what happened to him. Now, consider this blind man has never had a social life. Never allowed in the temple even to worship because of his handicap of blindness. He was born into rejection. And he's lived with that hardship his entire life. And being a social outcast has hardened him because now he has no fear of, of being rejected. He has no fear of being ostracized, you might say. And it's had a sobering, a hardening effect upon him. For being blind has given this man courage. It's given him courage to think for himself. He is not intimidated by the Jewish rulers like most people were and his parents were. And after being questioned time and again how this happened, let me read a few verses, and that's in John 9, 27 through 34. He, the blind man, answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. 
The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man, speaking of Jesus, were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. I love the question that this blind man asks the rulers. Do you also want to become Jesus' disciples? Consider this, you rulers. Nobody in the history of the world has opened the eyes of a person born blind. That made me look through the Old Testament. Was anyone born blind healed? We have blind being healed and lepers being healed, but no one born blind had been healed. <clears throat> and he tells them, if this Jesus, if he were not from God, he could do nothing. Verse 34, the rulers resort back to their argument. Uh, you were completely born in sins and you are teaching us. And they cast him out of the synagogue. We have two principles that are brought forth here. The hardships of this former blind man has given him a character apart from pleasing the Jewish rulers. All of his life, he's, he's been a reject. He has no reason to give homage to these Jewish rulers, and therefore he questions them uh, difficultly. His life has been difficult, but it's freed him from the pressures of the Jewish rulers. Their threats of excommunicating him uh, it worked with his parents. They're afraid of being excommunicated, and they say, he's of age, ask him. But it didn't work on the former blind man. This man's severe trials of poverty and blindness, they've given him a different perspective on the life <clears throat> that he has, and it's a different perspective from that of the ordinary people or his parents. He has a perspective of no fear of the Jewish rulers. And the second principle here is he recognizes the fact that Jesus has healed him. He was blind and now he sees. And he confesses. They ask him what he thought of this man. He said he's at least a minimum a prophet. So let's read the rest of the, or the last verses of chapter 9, 35 through 41. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking to you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. 
and he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Jesus has received word that this former blind man has been cast out of synagogue. Jesus seeks him out and finds him. <clears throat> and he asks him, do you believe in the Son of God? The blind man has a question. Who is he, Lord, that I may believe? Jesus answers, you have seen him, and he is talking to you. In this blind man's healing and receiving sight, he's allowed to see Jesus, the Son of God. Have you ever desired to see Jesus? Nathaniel, the disciples, asked of Jesus, show us the Father, and that will be enough. But Jesus tells Nathaniel, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Moses also wanted to see God and was only allowed to see God's glory in the crevice of a rock. This blind man, within the first few hours of having sight, sees Jesus. Now, the Gospels, in particular, give us a description of Jesus, and it's a good description, and so we get to know the character of Jesus. But precious few were ever allowed to actually gaze upon the face of Jesus. What did Jesus look like? Well, Hollywood has given us <laughs> a multitude of actors who have portrayed Jesus, some of them with blue eyes, but that, don't go there. I, I truly believe one of the joys of heaven will be to look upon the face of Jesus. Revelation gives us a description of him, and just to hear Jesus' voice. Remember Mary at the tomb when he said Mary, she recognized his voice and knew who it was? I think we'll have something like that in common. Jesus has found this blind man and revealed himself to him. The blind man has a response. He believes and he worships Jesus. And notice Jesus accepts the worship. Jesus tells us of himself here, for judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see that they may see and those who think they see may be made blind. Wow. The Pharisees overhear this and they ask, are we blind also? Now listen carefully to Jesus' answer. If you were blind, 
you would have no sin. But you say we see, therefore your sin remains. What is Jesus saying? If you claim to know God, but do not know God, you're in your sins. You can't put out a false claim like that without being in sin. The Jewish Pharisees and their rulers, they claimed to be of God, claimed to know Moses, the lawgiver, a prophet. But they were blind to the prophet Moses and blind to the Son of God that's doing miracles of healing right before their eyes and declaring himself as God. They can't see that. And they continue in their sin of unbelief. And Jesus tells them plainly, your sin remains. You're still in sin. By an act of their free will, they remain blind. Here's the good news. By an act of our free will, as believers, we see. Amen? Amen to that. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, first of all, I again want to thank you for godly moms, mothers that are Faithful to you in raising their children and being wives and just being homemakers, Lord. What a beautiful thing it is to have a godly mother. And we are blessed to have those. But Lord, we want to also look at this passage where you heal this man born blind. He was born into difficulty, severe handicap, yet out of his handicap, he learned to think for himself, learned to be his own thinker, his own one to reason. And the influence of the religious leaders had no effect upon him. And Lord, we look at this blind man and, and we tip our hats to him. He, he's a guy that understood. And it all came about by a hardship, by a difficult life of being a beggar and being blind. And yet you opened his eyes and he saw you as you are. So Lord, I would pray that you would open our eyes, not necessarily to a physical you, but open our eyes to the goodness of you, Jesus. You're our creator. You are our great physician. You're our provider. You're the one who turns our darkness into light. And we thank you for that. You are the good shepherd. Thank you, Lord, for being a good God. We rejoice, we believe, and we see. And that's because you put a heart within us to respond to you. And we thank you for that, Lord. So, to the moms, we pray for them, Lord, and ask you to bless them. Watch over us this coming week. Take care of us continue to su supply each and every need we have. 
where you, you are faithful, and we thank you for that. And we pray and ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.